Welcome into the Horror's Edge podcast. My name is Phil. And I'm Stacy. And this is a podcast to devoting, uh, reviewing, and breaking down horror movies, both new and old, good and downright fucking terrible, with me, somebody who loves horror movies and always has. And me, who was forced into it by marriage. And we're still a relatively new podcast, and with that being said, if you enjoyed today's show or any of the shows previously, we'd really appreciate you uh, subscribing, sharing with your friends, but the biggest way to help us out is Take five seconds, drop a review for us, uh, hitting that five star or typing in a couple words really helps our small podcast grow, introducing new viewers. Very, very much appreciated. Definitely appreciate you taking the time out for that. Anybody who is uh, coming back from previous episodes, welcome back in. Glad that we didn't drive you completely fucking insane <laughs> to completely delete us out of memory. Uh, Probably just me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook at Horror's Edge, Instagram and Twitter, both at the Horror's Edge. Uh, this is the best way to get in contact with us. We're constantly posting on there whenever we're about to drop an episode, uh, whenever we're about to see a movie like today. Um, hit us up in the comments, shoot us a DM. We love the discussions of these movies. So if yeah, you guys have really some opinions, uh, uh, Stacy is the leader of the social media stuff. And I will chime in occasionally. So if you see a response, typically that's from Stacy, unless if I say, hey, Phil here. And then that's me jumping in because somebody's discussing something that I absolutely love talking about and <laughs> I like doing it. Uh, so today we're going to be discussing the 2020, yeah, 2023 film, Knock at the Cabin. This is uh, M. Night Shyamalan's newest thing. Not necessarily horror, but has strong horror elements to it, I yeah. would say. A lot of post-apocalyptic type of stuff but i guess that's more thriller uh, mystery. mystery type of movie like all m night Shyamalan movies e ever since the sixth sense when we heard m night Shyamalan's coming out with the movie the only th what's the one thing that you think of like what do you expect out of the movie uh like a big twist a big twist that's it so the entire movie you're sitting there thinking what's the twist in this one what's the twist in this yeah. one and it it I don't want to say it distracts you from the experience of seeing the movie, but it makes you focus on hyper. small details yeah. so much more than in any other movie that you would go to see that it takes you a step out of the movie because you're just looking at details. Yes, I would say that that did happen to me as we watched in the theater. I was trying to kind of catch every little thing. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I've said this many times. I have not seen many movies, let alone... Um, this director's movies, but I have seen signs previous to this. I did recently see The Sixth Sense, so there's a couple like known movies that I know that kind of have that plot with it. So I was hyper fixated on kind of that storyline. And how crazy is it that you just recently saw The Sixth Sense? That was the movie of the '90s. I'm telling you, and and the fact is <laughs> huge. I knew the ending without yeah, ever that, seeing the movie. That's the shitty thing about it because it, it at the time, I, twist endings were not a very big thing. He made them a big thing. Yeah. Uh, and it, it became like everybody was trying to and do this. And that's why when I did see it eventually within the last probably six months, you've had me watch that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it sucked because I knew the ending. So through the entire movie, I was like, oh, I know how this ends. Yeah. So it kind of and was it a downfall. it takes you out of it quite it really, a bit. It definitely did. The impact with a lot of his movies is the last 10 minutes. Like, how well does this twist ending work? And 
Uh, you said that you've only seen one or two of his movies, so let's go through them, uh, or at least according to what Google is telling me is an M. Night Shyamalan movie, because there's a couple of these so, I've so never So maybe heard I'd of. be surprised I've seen more than I think. Praying with Anger, never no. heard of it. Wide Awake, never heard of it. And then 1999, his big one, The Sixth Sense. You saw that. Recently. Phenomenal yes, fucking movie, absolutely. by the way. Absolutely mind-blowing ending, but the movie is not predicated just off the ending. The story from beginning to end is incredible unbreakable i have seen that one of my that's probably my favorite m night Shyamalan movie right there it's Uh, funny because we did discuss it in the movie theater and five seconds i forgot that that was what we were discussing (laughs) uh signs i have seen that the village i've never seen that lady in the water no i have not seen that one yet i might have seen what is the village because it sounds very familiar uh, the village, without spoiling anything, is like uh, people are living in this old timey type of village, almost like an Amish type of community, no. and there's some type of monster no. around. No. Uh, the happening, you've what? seen that. I think I've seen that. Yeah, that's the one where people start committing suicide because of trees. Yes, yes, I do remember <laughs> uh, that. After Earth, no, never saw that one. The visit, no, I never saw that one. Split, yes, you've seen that. Glass. I think we've seen that. I, I've seen it three or four times. I think we did because it was a kind of like a trilogy. Yeah, yes, that's I, a conclusion to split. It it, brings, that's a maybe. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to commit to it because I don't remember. So it, it's the one with Bruce Willis's character from The Sixth Sense taking on uh, James McAvoy's character from Split. And Mr. Glass is the bad guy. I'm not sure. All right. I'm we'll very have to fuzzy watch that on one that. Again. Uh, old. No. Which is his newest movie previous to this. I I went to go see it, but man, that one got bashed pretty bad, and I did I wasn't down for a bad M Night movie. <laughs> and then Knock at the Cabin. Yeah. So you've seen a good chunk of these. Surprisingly, um, there was more than I thought. Yep. Very good director, but he is a director that has either phenomenal movies or shitty movies. Uh, there's really no in between. Yeah. Looking at the trailer for this one. I was torn. I was like, this can go completely either way. This movie can be absolutely awesome, or it can just be downright shitty. Yeah, and Um, normally uh, you and I steer kind of clear um, of trailers, but we did see this pop up a couple times on the TV or whatever we're watching. So, again, I always try to go in with an open mind, but of course, because you know the director, you kind of have a preset notion of what you're sort of expecting. There's no way to go into this movie with a preset mind, because the entire time you're like, okay, there's going to be something at the end. I'm going to try and figure it out before they show it to me. Yeah. And it's a shitty way to go into a movie, but despite how much I tried to not do it, I did it. Um, So me and you went to this movie, no notebook, no pen, nothing, just sit down and enjoy it. So we're going to talk about it. From what we remember, there are going to be parts, bits and pieces that we can't remember, didn't write down a whole lot of stuff for, but there's a good amount, I think, that we have to talk about with this movie. But before we get into any spoilers, let's see what we thought of it. So first off, if you want to see this movie, hit pause, go see it. Yeah. Uh, Try it. I say it all the time, don't look things up. I don't know if there's a whole lot that can be spoiled with this movie. I don't um, believe so, but... The, the direct end. Somebody can tell you the direct end, but even if you know it, it's not going to really take away no. from what the movie gives you. However, always try and watch a movie with knowing as little about it as possible, as long as the initial teaser trailer appealed to you. If you watch that and you said, 
that looks pretty cool. Check it out. If you hate it, oh, wow, you wasted 12 bucks or however much Which a movie ticket is. I love to do that. We used to do that all the time when we would go to the movie theaters and they have all the trailers ahead. And, you know, you play that game with yourself and whoever you're with. Is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down when you're watching the trailers yep. in the theater? I think that's hilarious. It's fun. I Especially when the theater's packed because you can hear from every single person. So what do you think? Right. Which I think is so <laughs> fun. Cool and that's the thing that I miss about not going to movie theaters is that I don't it's not interaction, but the the audience, the <gasps> the gasps or whatever. Did you get that with the other six people that were in the theater besides us today? There was a couple where you could hear a little bit of a <gasps> but no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a the, shame. The two that people that were sitting are... directly next to me, they yeah. were chit chatting, and I wanted to be like, come on, dude. Like, well, we were talking a lot during the trailers well, at the beginning, too, because, I, mainly because I don't want to see trailers. No, I know, but they had the, the volume blasting. It was loud. It was, I thought it was going to be deaf by the end. It was. Tell it you was what, a lot. the movie theaters are stepping up their game. Those are some comfy seats Absolutely. that they have in there. So we had power reclining seats. That it's a recently renovated place, and I'll tell you what, they gained my uh, gained my business from here on out. Absolutely, and I the would fact go that back. The Regal's closing isn't helping, but <laughs> no, but I mean the seats were great. They were super comfortable and yeah. uh, a really great experience. Yeah, beautiful screen, great audio. A little yeah, loud, every... but it was what? good audio. He got used to it really quick, though into the movie yeah. i was used to it within five minutes of the movie i just have very sensitive whatsoever. ears um so let's uh break down this movie yep. so the way that we review uh movies around here is one through ten one dog shit terrible ten absolutely amazing phenomenal movie everybody should watch this five being it's average uh not phenomenal not terrible you can watch it and just kind of have it on as some background stuff what did you give this i gave it an eight okay and let me explain why. I'm going to start with the cons just because there's only a couple. And to me, it would have pushed my number maybe a little bit further up, but not much. But mm -hmm. the one thing that I keep, hate. Keep in mind, spoiler free as much as you can. Oh, correct. I'm just, yes. Good point. Um, the camera work, to me, anytime it's sort of shaky. Mm -hmm. When it's that, what do you call it? The first person. Yep. I, I cannot do that. Just it messes up my eyes. It makes me like nauseous. So I, I don't like that. Now, I've never seen Blair Witch Project. Yep. But from what I seen, like little bits, that's how it felt to me in certain parts. Okay. One in particular. And it took me out of the moment because I can't handle that. Gotcha. Um, now, before you dive into the next one, I'll jump into that because that may make people say, I'm not going to watch this movie. I didn't notice that at all. Um, typically, I can see when people would get motion sickness or something like that from a movie. It was there one are parts part. where uh, it shows people talking closely, but I, I haven't noticed that. Maybe of that. as we get into it, I can maybe yeah, point it out. When we I get can to point that it part. out. There was just one specific spot, and to me, it stood out enough to have me say, I don't like that. Okay. Um, the other thing that I didn't enjoy, which you're going to, I don't, you're not going to laugh at, but um, the kills. Okay. You, I wanted to be able to visualize them differently, if that makes sense. I don't want to spoil, but I wanted to visualize them differently. Okay. We'll talk about it when we get into the I will put a section. star so that I remember. Okay. Um, the positives. It was a great story. I thought the the storytelling abilities, the acting, the scenes 
really well done. The the length of the movie um, was really um, awesome as well. Yeah, it seemed it, perfect. It didn't feel super long, didn't feel super short. It felt like they tied it up in a nice bow, and it, it worked out well. I really enjoyed myself, and I would definitely see this movie again. And that's what I have to say. Okay. What did you think? I gave it a five. This is a good movie. Uh, plain and simple. There's nothing phenomenal about it. There's nothing terrible about it. Uh, what I liked about it, the story, uh, just the thought of the story specifically is yeah. awesome. Uh, when you hear the concept of it, so the IMDb plot synopsis is one vacationing a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Really cool story idea for it played out really well the acting in it for the most part pretty good uh there was some noticeable actors that i thought did well batista did awesome yeah um which i Ron didn't weasley <laughs> i wasn't sure how i <laughs> feel okay. about um batista because i know he's done other movies but from what mm -hmm. i know him from other than obviously wrestling guardians. is the guardians movies yep and I know that he wants to kind of steer clear of that because he's done with that franchise. But I wasn't sure as an actor if he could pull off a serious role. So a uh, piece of trivia from IMDb. He actually got the role from, he did a movie called Blade, uh, Blade Runner 2048 where he was a mushroom farmer, I believe, inside of it. And he had this super calm, like, stern demeanor very very similar to how he acts in this yeah. and that's exactly how he acts in this movie perfect for the role that he's in works very very well it comes off funny when it's supposed to come off funny it comes off serious as fuck when it needs to and he is a menacing figure who has a normal human type of yeah. backstory and everything to him and acts that way um Shows sympathy when you're supposed to show sympathy. Very good overall. Uh, Ron Weasley in this. Uh, his actual name is Rupert Grint. But, I mean, who is he besides Ron? Um, <laughs> Y'all wizard, Harry. He, he did okay in it. Uh, he's supposed to be the little angry guy of the bunch. And uh, he, he did well for his part. And then Again, I didn't know anybody else who was in this movie besides M. Night Shyamalan's cameo. I did look it up because I was curious because the voice sounded very familiar, but I couldn't place it. So the actor that plays Eric is actually Kristoff Christoph from Frozen. Okay. So that, to me, it didn't make a difference, but I'm saying like when you know something, it kind of puts it a little bit more into um, your thought process when you're watching the movie if you can kind of pinpoint. Yeah. Who is? He's got a decent amount of uh, credits as well. Looks like he's the it says actor playing Bart in The Simpsons, but I know that a woman does Bart's voice in The Simpsons. I don't know why that's there. Maybe just one episode he did it or something and got credit for it. I'm not sure. But the rest of the actors and actresses, very much unknown people are always to me. Maybe they're in some stuff that I don't know about. But... uh they all did fine in the roles that they were in. Nothing really stood out as that's a bad actor or that's a bad no. actress. No. Um, like I said, story, awesome. Uh, ending, meh. It was okay. Uh, but we'll obviously get into that in spoilers. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. It was good. Nothing yeah. nothing great, so five to me. All right, so let's get into uh, spoilers, and we'll 
uh, start from the beginning from what we remember and go all the way through. Like I said, we didn't take notes, so keep that in mind as uh, we're going through this, that we're kind of just shooting off the hip memory from just recently seeing this movie. Yeah. And I'm going to try to make it so that's how we do movies. If we go into theaters, I want to enjoy the movie experience more than take notes, do a critical analysis of it the whole night yeah, and then when we stream it maybe we'll do a second episode and do a comparison yeah all right so keep in mind heavy heavy spoilers from here on out so the movie opens up with the little girl uh her name is when when and when is outside catching grasshoppers beautiful scenery they're at a cabin in the middle of the woods beautiful lake next to it and uh, Leonard comes up to her. Leonard is Batista, and he is dressed up uh, almost like Mormon type of dressed up, where he's got his uh, jeans yeah. and button-up shirts tucked in, but he's got all the tattoos. He's a huge, huge, powerful dude. Yeah, I mean, the image of him walking towards her in the grass was very intimidating, and I could feel the, my stomach like up in my throat because I wasn't sure... Again, I didn't know what this movie was really about. Yeah. And the way he kind of proceeds to her, starts talking to her, and his glasses look like Dahmer glasses. I'm sorry. Yep. That's just the only <laughs> comparison I have. Um, grew up in Wisconsin, so, you know, that's very relevant to me. Yeah. Um, but his shirt, I have to laugh because, yes, he's a very big guy, but the way that they dressed him, he is very top-heavy, which, again, he's a wrestler. He, you know, whatever. He's a yep. bodybuilder. But his shirt was so small, and it looked like when, like, a kid draws, and it's, like, really big, and then, woo, really small legs, like chicken legs. <laughs> it just, I think they could have maybe done differently in the pants department, I think. But, again, side note. Um, but it was very intimidating when he came up to her. I wasn't really sure. It gave me that type of, like, goosebumps of, oh, my God, I hope he doesn't do something, like, to this girl in the middle of the, the woods. That was my first impression. I was very nervous of how this movie was going to turn out. Yeah. And he had a very sweet conversation with her. Uh, he was talking to her uh, and helping her catch grasshoppers like she was doing and getting very personal with her. And then he gives her a flower that he collected. And he's like, he can keep that forever or we can play a game with it. And she's like, when he so said that, I was like, holy cow. So it kind of reminded me of uh, Dr. Sleep. Uh, yes. Rose the hat. Yes. Uh, when she says the flower special like you, and then she eats it and she's like, they taste good or something like that. Yeah. Rose the hat's a fucking awesome villain. Holy shit, we got to do Doctor that, Sleep. I that's love why that movie. I, I love again, that book. I didn't know how this was playing out. So I'd, I, I, I like how a movie without giving too much can give you such an odd feeling as you're watching, as you're visualizing, you're hearing the way he speaks to her. It's very calm. Yeah. It's very soothing, but it gives you the creeps. Cause you're like, it gives you that like fight or flight, that nervousness of what's next. What is he going to do? Why is he being nice to her? You know, I, I just, it gave me the heebie jeebies. So I didn't even make the connection to Dr. Sleep when I was in theaters. It didn't happen until I just thought of the flower scene. And holy shit, the, the beginning of this movie and the beginning of Dr. Sleep seem extraordinarily familiar. One person comes out, talks to the girl, and then they're talking for a while. Seems like a 
innocent conversation and you see their friends start to come out from the yes. woods as well, just like in Dr. Sleep. Yes. Does make a very different turn. They don't go and violently kill the little kid after yes. that. But right. but uh very similar and shot perfectly. Right. Uh, the the body language of the people walking towards because they let her go back to the cabin, but before they do that, um Leonard tells when you're going to have to let your um, parents know yep. to let me in, to let us in. Yep, they're and, not going to want me in, but yes. you need to let them let me and, in. And the way that he tells her that, yeah, it and sets she, it... She doesn't get freaked out until she sees the other people coming up. Yes. She doesn't get freaked out that they're coming, but each one's carrying a different weapon. Yes, and, and that visual of them walking towards the cabin with her, the little girl walking to this vacation cabin, mm-hmm. eerie. Yep, absolutely. Very eerie. So uh, Wen runs into the cabin to talk to her dads. Now, that's a separate conversation. Getting sick and tired of all the gay references inside the movies. However, this movie, with the exception of the fact that she has two dads, really makes no reference towards it other than to increase the story. It gives a reason of how there could be a potential twist there. And and I will say I agree with you in that. I think that I I, I hate that everything has to have an agenda, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not. We're not going to get into that. I, it doesn't matter one way or the other. The point is, is that not every story needs to push something, whether you agree with it or not. But I can see where this story. Oh, this story kind of has a reason for that and it does kind of play into what is going to happen. It enhances the story. It so truly that, does. That definitely made sense to me. Yep. So uh she goes in, she tells her dads that uh Leonard's outside and his friends are out there and they have weapons that are coming in. We need to lock the doors. You guys need to get inside now, get inside now. So they're they're really not freaked out. They're like, oh, it must be those damn Mormons or something like that. Yeah, um, Jehovah Witnesses. Jehovah Witnesses. And so they listen to her enough to go inside and shut the door. And Leonard just <laughs> starts banging on the yeah. freaking door. And it's so loud that the audio effects of it is so perfectly done. Yeah. Uh, where you get chills going through your body. And Leonard's on the other side of the door, and he's like, hey, you need to let us in. We need to talk. Um, Something big's going to happen, and we need your help. Uh, But we can't do it talking through the door. We need to talk to you. And they're not letting him in, not letting him in. He's like, hey, this is your last chance, man. You need to let us in. And they're not doing it, so eventually they break into the house. All of the uh, people coming into the house, there's a grand total of, I believe, five of them. If I'm not mistaken, there's Four. Leonard, Redman, uh, Sabrina, Adrian, and is that it? I thought there was four. There was two girls and two boys. Okay, so that is a four. So they split apart and they try and get into this house. And they eventually break in, but they give uh, one of the two guys a concussion. I forget which one it was, Eric, Eric or Andrew. Eric. Uh, he gets knocked out, but they end up tying him down to chairs. Just the guys. They they don't tie up one. And Leonard is talking to him like, hey, we need to talk to you. Uh, we've had visions, and we need to come over here because we were told that uh, there's an apocalypse coming. There's going to be four different plagues. Uh, 
for each time that you say no to us. But you guys need to decide. One of you needs to be selected to be sacrificed, and one of you has to kill him. It cannot be a suicide. It cannot be this or that. Yeah. Um, somebody has to be chosen, and that person has to be taken out. We cannot kill you to stop this. You have to make that decision. Yeah. That's the only way that this can end. And then he goes to tell them about the plagues, what they are. The first one was, uh, the heck was the first one? This is killing me. Uh, the, the, the tsunamis. So yes. the first one was a tsunami that would take out the cities. And then after that, it's a deadly virus that's going to take out people. Followed by uh, glass falling, glass from, the falling sky. from the sky. And then finally, eternal blackness taking out everybody. But you three will still be alive to watch it all happen. Just enough that that way everybody dies and yeah. you will perish so, after. So no matter what the decision is, if you decide to not take on this role to save the the world... You will still be saved until everybody else perishes. Yeah. Which is frightening as fuck. Yeah. And obviously this family is thinking, you're fucking insane. Yeah. You are absolutely insane. We got selected for this because we're a couple gay guys with a kid. That's why you're doing this to yeah. us. Uh, you're, you have your agenda and you're trying to get us to kill one of ourselves and live with that for the rest of our lives, yeah. basically. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, they're trying to get him to do it, trying to get him to do it. And they're like, okay, the time has come for you to make up your decision. Are you going to sacrifice yourself? Well, before they did that, they each went forward. Each of the, the four <laughs> yeah. people that, um, came like broke in and kind of explained, um, who they were and kind of how they came about. So you have yeah. a nurse, you have Sabrina, Sabrina, the nurse, you have, um, Rupert, which was a gas Redmond. I'm sorry, <laughs> Redmond was um, a gas like a, uh, a utilities guy. Mm -hmm. He he um, puts gas in people's houses, and then Leonard came out next. <laughs> Leonard was a coach to a bunch of um, young children. He's a second grade teacher and a second grade soccer uh, coach. Yeah, and then fourth was. Uh, Adriana and she she's excited to talk to him and then instantly they snap like one sentence into her introducing herself we don't give a fuck who you are <laughs> and the look on her face is like devastation because everybody else got to do their yes. great introduction of who they are but she couldn't yeah and uh, she was the most excited to tell everybody she was who the she only was. one excited to mm -hmm. like you can tell that these people did not want to break into this house and no, have to they, do this They're, they have extreme empathy for the family they the entire have time nervousness the entire time that they're walking to the cabin breaking into the cabin and now at this point you can hear them breathing. They're they're like almost stumbling over the words of what they're trying to explain to these people because to them they're just trying to follow the orders to save the world and what they believe they need to do. The only one who seemed okay with it was Redmond. He seemed like he was almost enjoying it in a sense. Uh, he didn't mind the fact that all this was going on, yeah. or so it seemed. I, I'm not exactly sure of that. And but, there's uh, a couple questions I have about him. I'm maybe we can figure mm -hmm. it out together towards the end, but that's definitely um, a key thing that I picked up on is out of all of them. He was the one that kind of was the most psyched, I guess. 
And there is a big reason behind that, which we'll get to. Yes. Um, so they decide that they're not going to make the sacrifice. They eventually say the time has come for you to make the decision for each time that you say no to us. Remember, uh, one of these plagues is going to strike yeah, the there's, earth. There's a consequence. And, uh, they all say no. So then Redmond is going to sacrifice himself. Uh, I forget the words that they say, something about great sins or something like that. Yeah, something and about the world and, like, the world will pay. Some, I don't remember, but yes, something, they each have these words every time something happens. Yep, and uh, so the other people that came there kill him pretty violently. However, it doesn't show it at all, which is awesome. Yes, I... You can hear it, though. Yes. And sometimes... And with all these handmade tools that they brought in with them as which well. Which are so crazy. Yeah, they're crazy looking. Super crazy. Um, But yes, you, you hear it, and it's very... um, Not visual. Very audio-friendly, where you can picture it yourself, which sometimes really does well in a movie. I think it's better than showing it half the time. Depending on the style of movie, obviously. If yes. the movie is heavily practical effects, I would prefer that over what we got. However, this movie was not heavy in the practical effects. This movie was about letting your mind do the work for you. Which and uh, I appreciate I, it. I appreciate that. I <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you can tell your own story with just hearing something. Yeah. So uh, they kill him and they're very, they don't want to do it. But they feel like this is something that they have to do yes. because they said, no, we have to kill him. And then they drag him outside and they uh, put a blanket over him uh, almost like in memory of him or something. Yeah, like, like that out of respect. I mean, even out though they respect, did. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> they um, they definitely feel bad. The um, the three other people that had to take part in killing him. Yeah. You can tell it's not what they wanted to do. And they were really trying to get the point across to Eric and Andrew that this is not the way it's supposed to go. We've had visions. Like, we've seen how this plays out. We're trying to tell you, do yep. the right thing. One thing that I forgot to mention before is Leonard was really trying to keep the family calm throughout the entire thing. Um, like, he had the TV on with a little kid's show, and he was talking to Wen, uh, trying to calm her down, and he's just watching it, arms crossed, like big, burly motherfucker yes. just watching this kid's show, and he's like... I can see why you like this show. The character development is very good. Yes. And they're driving home strong, positive values. Yeah. The, the <laughs> way that he speaks, I mean, he does it so eloquently. It's yeah. very well done. Very soft-spoken yet stern. Right. And that that's unnerving because yep. it's not what you would expect in the situation where they just came in to basically tell you, you need to kill yourself. Yep. And... You have this big burly guy that's so calm about it. The way he speaks, it still I I get goosebumps on the back of my neck because it's just the the acting that he does towards it is phenomenal. Yeah. So ninety five percent of this movie takes place in this cabin, but there are flashback scenes that happen. Like there's one flashback scene where uh, right before this happened, it shows how they got when, and uh, I believe that it was Eric. Uh, and Andrew showed up to the hospital. Eric was the adoptive father, and they're like, okay, where's Mrs. Groff? 
or the whatever his last name was, and she's like, oh, she couldn't make it, but her brother is here with me, Andrew. Because um, I'm assuming that same-sex couples could not adopt at that point. Yes. Um, so they made it seem he purposely did not file the paperwork correctly, making it seem like he was married to a woman. Oh. And then, uh, the, oh, this is her brother. Yeah. Uh, and that's how they got her. And then they have another flashback of the first time that they had dinner. And uh, Andrew's parents did not agree with it at all yeah. obviously that they were a gay couple yeah and this is all to show that they've been going through stuff their entire life yeah they're used to people not accepting their choices that they've made so once again going back to they have a choice here right and and the theme... why should they make uh their choice affect the people who would not accept their choice previously right and the theme throughout that they've kind of sewn together with eric and Andrew, is that they're in this together. They yep. have each other's back no matter what. It's always us. Yep. And they've said it multiple times up until this point, and even in the flashbacks, they remind each other, it's you and me, it's you and me, it's you and me. Yep. So you get this sense that, of course, they're going to just make the right choices for them as yep. their family no matter what. So poor Ron Weasley dies, and then uh, Leonard walks back in, and he's like, he turns the TV on, and he looks over at Wayne. He's like, I'm sorry. I need to turn this uh, kid's show off for a little bit. I would leave it on if I could, but we're a little bit crunched for time. Yeah. So he apologizes to her, even though this kid's like, you just fucking killed somebody in front of right. me. I don't I, care I if you're turning the goddamn bubble guppies off or whatever it was. <laughs> and uh, so he switches it over to the news, and they're talking about an earthquake that happened, uh, and it's causing... Uh, tsunamis over uh certain sections of the west coast hawaii. as well as hawaii is yeah. going to take the brunt of it and they're like okay let's go to hawaii now and you're thinking this is going to be some devastating stuff that you're about to see and they were talking about it and the hotels along the beach got flooded but they had plenty of time to evacuate everybody there were absolutely no casualties and uh it adrian was like <laughs> What, what the hell? My vision showed devastation, like 50-foot yeah. tidal waves hitting these places. This isn't what I saw. And Leonard's just like, calm down, wait, watch. And both Eric and Andrew are trying to talk him out. They're like, see, your visions, they were probably wrong. Let's talk about this. Let us go. This has nothing to do with it. And all of a sudden, another earthquake happened uh, at this spot someplace on the West Coast. And a cool piece of trivia, some of this footage was actually from uh, the 15th of January, 2022, when a violent underground eruption of the Hunga, Tonga, Hunga, <laughs> Haipai uh, eruption happened. And they used that footage inside here, which That's is pretty neat. That's crazy. Um, so this second earthquake happened in 8.5, which is huge on the Richter scale, and yeah. it happened close to the shore, which caused 50-foot tidal waves to yeah. come in, and the newscast sent a video camera over there from the beach, and you can kind of see it from the distance, and it gets closer and closer yeah. and closer, and they had no time to react to just devastation. Yeah. The um, camera goes underwater. Like, you see it coming, and you see people panicking. And the next thing you know, it's on land, and the the camera goes underwater with, um, 
the wave. Yeah. And so you kind of get this like awesome visual of like you can kind of see bodies floating, but not really. It yeah. kind of off in the distance. But, but yeah, destruction. Absolute, absolute destruction. destruction. And uh there so he turns the TV off and uh Leonard's like you can see that we're not kidding around about this. We're gonna give you some time to talk about this and think about it. And tomorrow morning we're going to give you the chance again to make the decision to sacrifice one of yourselves or yeah. the next plague will happen. And that's going to be the um virus that kills people. And uh both Eric and Andrew, like the first thing that it showed was pre-recorded footage that happened hours ago. Of course, you knew about it, and of course, one eruption can cause another. Right. And you timed this perfectly. So using... You guys were looking at your watches every ten seconds. You right. knew exactly uh, what it was already showing and what that should cause. Right. So they're using their knowledge of just basic, you know, human intuition of like they knew it was going to happen. They're they're talking themselves through it, saying. They knew this was planned or they knew yeah. that that was going to happen before they got to this cabin. So what they're talking about is not believable. Yeah. And all four of these people that came to the cabin claim to not know each other whatsoever. Right. Uh, as they're introducing themselves, they're from all different parts of the world. Uh, one from's from California, one's from uh, Colorado, one's from somewhere. Yeah. And eventually they're like, I know who Redmond is. I know exactly who that guy is. He's the guy who attacked me in the bar a couple of years back, like just had an angry rage fit because I was gay. And yeah. then there's a flashback that happens where they're at the bar. But they weren't sure at the time if it was actually Redmond when he had said, I think that's Redmond because they refused to go back out to grab the wallet mm -hmm. to make sure that that's who Andrew is saying it is. Yeah. And Leonard says, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Who it is he, he's dead. Is well, not even that he's dead. It's it, the visions brought us here. Right. This, this has to happen whether he had an interaction with right. you in the past or not. And Andrew, I think they said he was a lawyer and he was like saying, you guys are having delusions. Like you met online. You guys spoke about this like ahead of time. Like you're just living out this delusion altogether yeah. because you're playing into each other. Like yeah, what happens is one person says, I saw this. And then the next person's uh, who goes to sleep already had somewhat of a vision. Now they incorporate what they said right. that they so saw in their vision. He's using his knowledge and saying like, this all is making sense. You guys are just having like a mental breakdown and, and let's figure this out. Like untie us. Let's, let's work through this. And it's all pretty logical. What he yeah, said. I mean, it sounded very, Again, I wasn't sure where this was going, so I'm... Being an I'm, M. Night movie, I'm like, okay, so is this really some type of apocalypse thing that's happening? Is Did they slap a thumbstick inside of this dude's TV with these plagues so that way they can play whenever they turn the TV on? Did this happen? Did this happen? Yeah. Uh, is all of this a complete hoax and coincidence? Uh, what's going on here? So the... They uh, go to sleep, they wake up the next day, and it is uh, Adrian, Adrian or Adriana, whatever her name is, her turn to talk to them and try and get them to uh, be willing to sacrifice themselves. And she's like, I, I spent every dime that I had to get down here, and it's because I have a kid. I have a 12-year-old child that will die if you guys don't make this choice. Yeah, I've millions, seen him die. Million, I've, I've, I've seen, seen it millions of times. I've seen this vision so many times and I cannot stop hearing him screaming. Yeah, Millions of people's kids are going to die if you guys do not sacrifice one of you. 
It takes one person to die to save millions of lives. And they say no again. So she puts... Because they don't believe them. Yep. They, she puts still... the white bag over her head, just like Redmond did. Yeah. She says the quote, whatever it was, my sins for whatever, and they kill her. And sure enough, Batista or uh, Leonard throws the TV on and we start seeing all the plague stuff. Now, it's pre-recorded. This is from four hours ago. But this plague is spreading and killing people vastly. Yeah, Specifically kids. It was 10, yeah, 10 and, and under. under. Yeah, which so like, that's uh, terrifying. A- Adrian was saying, uh, talking about her kid, this right. plague, uh, the virus, is specifically going for kids. Uh, tons and tons and tons of them. They're like, well... This footage was from before, so you obviously knew about the earthquake. You obviously knew about this. And they said, I, yeah, Andrew said, like, they've had, they've talked <clears throat> about this this flu. They've talked about this pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I, I've heard about it before we even came to this cabin. Like, this is nothing new. Like, just really trying. Just because it amped up more because since we got here. When um, Eric got hurt, he went to the bathroom with. Sabrina, because Sabrina was a nurse. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell that Eric and Andrew kind of have this like weird sense that maybe because he has the concussion, he's not fully thinking clearly like Andrew is. So Andrew's trying to tell Eric, I've seen this. I've talked to you about this before. Like, you know that we've discussed this previous to being here. Like, do not believe yep. them. Do not fall into their... Um, their trap of whatever they're talking about, but let me let me back up because when they first killed Redmond, I was going to jump to that as well. Yeah, you, go ahead. So, uh, when Redmond is about to be executed, Eric has a concussion, so he's very sensitive to light, but he sees this shining thing through one of the mirrors or something like it was that. The mirror. Uh, it, it was the light reflecting from outside, but he's saying, I, I saw a person. It was like a, a vision almost. Uh, yeah. And Andrew's just like, dude, you had a concussion. Of course you saw something. Like, of course so, you're sensitive. Yeah. So he's just blowing it off. You're extraordinarily sensitive to light. Uh, that's going to happen. So they eventually break out of there. Uh, they were tied down to the seats. Uh, one helps him out. They, she gives him a knife so that way he can cut out. And Andrew had a gun in the back of his uh, car. So he runs out there and grabs the gun. And um, what's her name? Sabrina tries to stop him. But he grabs the gun, points at her. She runs away. He goes inside to save his family. And Leonard, uh, he holds the gun up to him. But eventually Leonard just overpowers him. Uh, tackles him down. Gets the gun. And... They're like, you can't kill us. We know that. You're not allowed to. It's according to your rules that you right. made up. Right. And uh, they eventually get the gun from him. And uh, Adrian's, or not Adrian, uh, Sabrina runs in and they shoot her by accident in a sense. But she was running in like a madman. They shoot her. She's still kind of alive, but very much dying. So Leonard is standing over her. Once again, it's your choice. Will you sacrifice yourself? No. Yeah. So they kill her. Or Leonard kills her. And he throws the TV on. And planes are falling down from the sky left and right. 
Everybody who's on it instantly dead. Tons of them. They said that there's over 700 planes. Yeah. No radio calls from the plane no saying distress. that something happened. No, no EMP that's making this happen. It's just glass from the sky, just yeah. like they claimed. And this is live. It's not pre-recorded footage. It's not right. something that happened previously. They don't. They don't know what to think. You can tell Eric is truly believing that this is true yeah, at this point. This is where you kind of see him kind of have a turn where he's starting to put the pieces together. He's saying, remember when they came in, this is what they discussed. And he lists off all the plagues um, that have happened so far and how it related to the speech that Leonard had given when they yep. first came in. And you can tell that he's thinking we should just think this out. Like, let's talk this through because if this is true, we could save humanity. Yeah. So at this point, Leonard has the gun and he goes out back and he sits down with a blade in his hand and says so this... they put him in. They put him in the bathroom first and he escaped. Yeah, he escaped, got the gun. Yes. Uh, and then he goes out back and sits down on the porch. He said this. We're going to finish this out back. And I think the reasoning for that is when they go out back, so there there was the whole question this entire movie of, is this just some pre-recorded stuff that they have on the TV? Well, when he sits outside and holds the knife up, a plane falls down behind him. Yes. And you can see it in the distance. And you can see Eric's face just go, holy shit, this is true. Yeah. This, this is legit. So he's really And trying. Andrew said the same thing. He didn't, he's not buying into it yet but you can tell he's like oh my god this right. is real so he, he's starting to believe it because it's not just on the tv it's actually around them you can yep. see it for yourself what is happening so leonard says this is your final chance will you sacrifice yourself or will you say no to me and make blackness and uh fire come down from the heavens and they very reluctantly say no we're not gonna do it yeah We'll go to the end together. And uh, why should we save the people who would not acknowledge us, right. basically? Uh, so Leonard slits his throat because there's nobody else to take him out and gives the quote as well. Super graphic on this one. Not really, because well, it, it only shows it from his chest level and you can see the blood come down well, that, onto his shirt. That I should say, it's not graphic, it's visually... What's the word? It's, I can't think of the word. But it's it, intense. It it looks very, yes, intense is a great word. Because you see the big cut, and then, because he's wearing a white shirt, just dripping. And it gets soaked further and further down as yep. it's going down. And it, it just is like, it's so creepy, because it makes you think. It puts you in that spot of, what would you do? Yeah. Would you sacrifice yourself after... Not believing, not believing, but now it's actually right in front of you and you're seeing yeah. this. Because as soon as he cuts his throat, the clouds start darkening. You start to see the fire coming down. You're thinking, holy shit, this is this is going down. Yeah. And right before he died, he said, after your final no, you'll have a few minutes to make things right. You'll have a few minutes to sacrifice one of yourselves to save the rest. Right. But know in your head, you already killed us. Um, and so he dies and like, they're freaking out. They don't know what to do, but, uh, Eric 
made the decision in his head. He needs to be the one that's sacrificed. He needs to stop this. This is truly happening. Everything that they said is 100% true. Yeah. Uh, they need to kill themselves. Or he needs to d- be the one who's sacrificed. Let me pause you right there because we do need to go back and say that um, Andrew did end up going back out to the porch to where, what was his name? Redmond. Redmond was and found out that that was the guy that did um, assault him at the bar. Yeah. And figured out that that was true. So that kind of plays into this part of the the conversation because he's thinking this guy beat me up because of the lifestyle that we have. Yeah. Why would I then try to sacrifice somebody for the same reason that this guy just tried to attack me? Yeah. Can I ask, was there a reason that they figured out that that was the same guy? Did you think of a reason? Does it give a reason? He just recognized him. And it kind of hit him, I think. So you don't think there was a connection? I don't think that there is a true connection, but there is a connection as to why he was the way that he was. So uh, from here, I forget the exact moment when they mention uh, essentially that those were the four horsemen of the apocalypse, Mm -hmm. but they do mention that those were the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And the reason that he was the way that, that he was is the four horsemen are Guidance, who ended up being Leonard. Uh, there is, uh, what is it? Nurturing. Healing. Mm-hmm. Healing, and healing was Sabrina the nurse. There is Nurturing, who was the cook, uh, whatever her name was. And then there is Malice. Mm. And Malice was him. Okay. So he was always angry. Redmond was always angry. He's, uh, and the definition of malice is the intention or desire to do evil or ill will. Okay. So he is malice. He wanted this apocalypse apocalypse to happen. And that's why he had to be the first one sacrificed. Okay. There's actually a piece of trivia that says that the strangers were each wearing different colored t-shirts. Leonard was wearing white. Redmond is wearing red. Sabrina is wearing yellow. yellow and Adrian Adriana was wearing blue and each color represents their portrayal of their specific horseman of the apocalypse. Hmm. White is for guidance, red is for malice, yellow is for healing and blue is for nurturing. Okay, that makes sense. Which is a pretty neat uh piece of trivia that you don't make that connection typically. Um no. So Eric needs to be sacrificed, so uh Andrew kills Eric. And then goes and grabs Wen. Wen was hiding in the treehouse. And then they went downtown to the, like, a, an like auditorium a or di- diner. diner. Yep. Where the whole town was just, they they made that, like, the communal area to come to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And they're watching on the news how all of a sudden the tsunami where the waters were rising, all the waters have seceded back to normal. The plague where they were losing tons and tons of people nobody died in the last hour the plane stopped falling from the sky the, all the rest that were still up landed safely yeah. and the fires that were coming down from the sky all of a sudden stopped yeah so these people were actually the four horsemen this was an apocalypse this was a test to try and say save humanity and they succeeded 
Yeah. And that was the end of the movie. So do you think that there was a plot twist? No. Okay. And that, that was my problem with okay. it. Okay. <laughs> because uh, I, was, I was waiting to say, was the, there a twist? And I just didn't catch the on. The twist was that this was actually an apocalypse that was coming down and on I them and they that. had to make that choice. I could see that. Because the whole that. time you're thinking, what's the twist where this isn't an apocalypse? Yeah. And the twist is, it is an apocalypse. That would be um, that would be a twist for it to just be kind of in their heads and they were just, uh, the four of them were just kind of so psychotic that it, it just was in their head. Yep. I think I liked it this way, though. So what I was hoping for and I think this would have been a really cool ending, that this was coming down upon them. They had to give up a member of their family because they used unjust ways to get a member in their family. They faked paperwork to get Wen okay. into their family. So because they were tampering with God, in a sense, of yeah. building their family, that they... Uh, had to give up a member of their family. I could see that. And I think that would have been a really cool twist. And I had it from that scene. From like that scene on, I'm like, that's exactly what this is going to be. And they didn't, there really wasn't a twist. And what I was thinking is because they didn't show right away that it was Eric that was shot. I thought maybe they picked the wrong person and it was supposed to be Andrew because he was so against doing it from the beginning yep. where I could see where that would have played out too. And he did try and uh, have him kill yes. him, but he wouldn't do it. Eric was the good guy in this and he said, no, you're the one who yeah. needs to raise our kid. Now this movie was based on a book. The book is called uh, Cabot, the cabin at the end of the world by Paul Tremblay. And in the book, uh, Andrew does not kill Eric. Uh, the ending is just as equally tragic. It's the daughter, Wen, is killed during the struggle over the gun. Oh. Now, where I don't like that, because that was another thought, is that they would end up sacrificing the daughter. the daughter. Or I had one other thought that kind of worked, kind of didn't, but it definitely would have added a twist. Um, the reason I think that that does not work is because they specifically said, you need to choose somebody who's going to die and then you need to kill that person. So unless if they chose when to die, it would be a very interesting twist if uh, like they ended up killing her uh, by accident and saying, okay, it's soft. And they're like, sorry, yeah. you didn't choose that. Uh, but it would have been too dark for the style movie that they were going for, so I knew that they wouldn't. Now the other thought is, let's say Andrew killed Eric, then you find out that when is also is that vision that they saw in the mirror and uh she ends up going back to wherever from there um so a couple different ideas that i thought of and they went with the most basic thing which if it were any other director i would say hey awesome but because this yeah. guy's known for his plot twist i didn't feel like there was an actual twist in this and, I feel and that uh, it took me back a step of why didn't they? Yeah. I know I, he doesn't want to just be the guy who's known for a twist and wants original ideas and this and, and that, that. That makes sense in a sense. But if that's what you're known for, that is going to be knocked upon you if you don't do that. 
and it's known for it in a good way. It's not like he's known well, that's for what it. And I mean. people like, are like, oh, I'm so sick of twist endings. No, like if he, he has, makes good twist endings. Yes, he has the, the style and he's perfected it per se. Why go with, quote unquote, a safe ending when everybody's expecting the unexpected? Yeah. I think it would have risen the the level of the ending if it would have just turned. But I still like the idea that I gave out where yeah. they faked the paperwork to get the kid, so therefore they were playing God. Yeah. Can't do that. So therefore that, that's you lose a really a good thought. And I I didn't think of it until you just said it because you're right. They didn't do it properly. They pretended like he was married to a um another person so that they could get her. Yep. That's a really good thought. Yeah, but they chose to not go that way. Uh I absolutely love going to a theater to watch a new movie. Yes. So it's such a great experience. And I know that, that this wasn't typical me. of what we do, but I yep. enjoyed going back and forth kind of hodgepodge. And maybe nobody else enjoyed that, but I thought <laughs> it was great to just go off the top of our head and kind of work through it together. I thought that was fun. Yep. And uh, to everybody listening, if you've listened to several other episodes where they're much more scripted, we have a ton of notes with us. Let us know which one you like more. Now, obviously, this one, we messed up certain things. Yes. We forgot the order of and things. And we had to go back. Uh, had to go back and forth many times. Let us know which format you prefer, whether it's much more structured or much more free flow like this one was. Very, very interested to hear because I, I'm more than willing to switch it up. Uh, I enjoy doing it this way. Yeah, with a more detailed movie, I know I'm going to forget things right. and the order of things. Right. Um, and with a dull movie, I'm going to forget a lot of things. We like always if I was doing names. this for Halloween 5, oh. We always forget names and we always have the closed captioning on when we are taking notes. So I could see if we didn't and had to go through a movie and try to remember everybody's name, especially when they don't say it. Like, if they don't say the name quite a bit, mm-hmm. it's so hard to get characters. I, I can't even know people's names in real life. If I don't hear it a hundred <laughs> times, I'm not going to remember it. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's about it. Um, like I said, I'm glad that the whole COVID thing is done and movie theaters are back into full swing. So go to theaters. Go check this movie out. Give them your support. If it seems like something that interests you, do it, because movie theaters are fucking hurting right now uh sneak your snacks in that's fine i'm not saying that you need to bring your snacks or or buy their snacks because you're already buying a ticket you're already supporting them who cares yeah go to the theater don't just wait till it's on streaming well worth it um i enjoyed this movie it was a good time but it was much more of a good time being in the theater Absolutely. Um, not that this is a movie designed to all you got to see in the no. theater it's visually amazing no. it's great but it'll be just fine on our TV as Absolutely. well. Uh, so I think that's about it. So if you enjoy this uh, show, please share it with your friends. Hit subscribe. Uh, hit us up on socials. Once again, at the Horror's Edge for Twitter and Instagram and Horror's Edge on Facebook. Um, let us know what you thought of this style. Right, and if you're coming from the podcast, say, hey, like, hey, just listen to you guys. Like, yeah. it's easier to kind of connect if I kind of know where I'm getting you from yeah it's just a little helpful so i can be a little bit more polite especially if you reach the 59 minute 36 second uh portion of this episode that probably one percent of the listeners actually <laughs> do uh very much appreciate hearing yes, that thank you but till uh and last thing please uh give us a rating 
if you went through it this far, that means that you must have at least enjoyed it a little bit. Helps out more than you can imagine. Takes you about five seconds. Till next time, though, I'm Phil. And I'm Stacy. This is the Harsh Edge Podcast. We'll catch you next time.